0: what's up people oh man you see that energy effort marissa you see how that was right at the end oh god and this is this is the mood that i think we're all in right now we're already at the end of week two of the lockdown and i think that just like summarized it just
1: the intro yeah, I feel like basically what's happened in the first week is it sort of hit home for everybody. Everybody sort of realized what was going on and took a minute to be serious about it. And then we sort of got a bit excited because we're like, wow, I found myself a new routine. I'm baking. I'm cooking at home. All this stuff is great. And then it's like, wow, this is, is going to be a while. This, is, this isn't exciting anymore. This isn't fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now the
0: motivation has worn off for some of us. But you know what? All we can do is keep on going on. So, guys, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in to another episode of Just So We're Clear with me, Henley Hofer, and Marissa True. Hi again, guys. So, uh, yes, we are still in corona times. We are still seated on our uh, home floors. I'm in my living room. Marissa is... Where are you? Still in my big brother's childhood bedroom. At this point, you should just call it your studio, you know?
1: I mean, we can glorify it, but there's still definitely a single bed with children's bed sheets on it. So <laughs> so Marissa's in her studio.
0: <laughs> um, uh, today we have a really special guest joining us in just a little bit. She is adorable. Oh my God. When we discovered who she
1: was, Marissa and I stalked her for a while and boy, were we impressed. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want her to be my best friend or to marry her. Yeah, she is Sophia Jin. She's a YouTuber.
0: She's a presenter. um, uh, She's very active on social media. And what makes her different is that Sophia is an adventurer. Could you care to elaborate on what that means?
1: So, I mean, based on my stalking of her, this is a girl that climbs mountains, dives, Goes into caves. Basically, there is no limit to what she will try. And just go away, like, you just have to go to her Instagram to see the insane adventures she's been on. Like, she's a rock climber as well, I think. It's just, it's endless. Like, she's so multi talented.
0: Yep. And uh, on that note, why don't we invite her into the chat and find out exactly what she's about and if she's real, you know, (laughs) like, how can you you be all this and be so cute and be so kind? So on that note, inviting
2: in Sophia. Hi. Hello. How's it going? It's good. It's good. I've joined the banana bread baking train. I saw Hanley, you posted who's doing banana bread and I made banana bread the other day and I saw your story and I felt so basic and guilty like everyone else in lockdown.
1: Look, oh. none of us None of us are above each other at this time. We all just, <laughs> we have to eat to survive. And banana bread is just a great way to fuel up, I think. Yeah, That's to be funny. fair, it was
0: also Marissa's banana bread recipe. So we are all in this together in that sense,
2: you know? <laughs> uh, banana bread bays.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, when everyone hopped onto this banana bread trend, I was sitting there like, man, I've been doing this for years. Is it sad to admit it now? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just
2: been my normal for quite a while. That's like that's I like you. Like, yes, yeah, it's like everyone in lockdown. Who's like all the all the introverts who are like, well, this is this is just kind of my lifestyle anyway. let's we'll stay inside. Like everyone's like, mm, that's what I do already.
1: Right. Yeah, but the issue is like I would consider myself an introvert, and I'm just like I'm begrudgingly doing it because I'm like normally I'm inside on my own terms, and right now I don't like being told what to do about yeah. it. But yeah, like, it's okay. We're not, We're you know, we're halfway. It's okay. We're doing fine.
0: We're good. The attitude is there. We were just talking about this before we started recording. The only way to get through this right now is to, well, as corny as it sounds, is to just go through it. So on that note, Sophia, thank you so much
2: for being our guest in this episode. Oh, How are you time. doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I feel a bit antsy because obviously what I normally do is is a lot more active and I'm outdoors a lot. So it's been hard to stay inside. I mean, I say it's hard to stay inside. Obviously, staying inside is the easiest part of all this. But um, having like your routine upset is... It is difficult. At first, I thought that it would be easier because I'm like, it it is easy to just sit inside and do nothing. But it is... Yeah, it's hard when you don't have
0: your normal routine. Yeah. For sure. And we were just uh, telling our listeners a little bit about who you were before you joined in. But I think it's best to kind of start from the basics, hear it from you yourself, and maybe you can just tell us a little bit of
2: your story. Yeah. So, well, I do many things. I'm carving out a very multi-pillared career for myself. In one word, it's kind of entertainment. So I do presenting. I also recently started acting. Um, but I'm primarily thought of for my outdoors adventure content creation. So like presenting and acting pretty self-explanatory in terms of the adventuring. I'm sponsored by North Face. So I'm part of their Explorer team, which is um, it's not it's not the athlete team. It's kind of like a gray area between like the average person and the athlete. And essentially what they do is they support me with my pursuits outdoors So I'm a mountain-based talent, and with their support, I tend to do climbing and hiking, and from that, I generate content for them. So, like, for example, as part of that earlier this year, they helped to support me summit Aconcagua, which is the highest mountain in the Southern Hemisphere. So it's a pretty serious high-altitude peak, and I did that with their backing.
1: I mean, it's such a unique niche, a mountain-based talent. I feel like (laughs) like you've definitively carved a career track for yourself that didn't exist before, did it?
2: Yeah. It's really hard to describe. I mean, so I I recently, I got a new agent and even I was trying to tell him what it is that I do. And he said, this is so unusual because it is a niche that I've developed myself into, especially outdoors adventure. There aren't many young women doing that kind of content. So yeah, it's definitely, it is a niche.
1: But how did you actually start? Like, how did you get into it in the first place?
2: Um, I've always been compelled by the outdoors and in, in the same way that many of us are like, we all have, I hope experienced nature's remedying effects. I've always liked the outdoors. I've always liked climbing and, and things like that. Um, but ultimately what I'm most passionate about is telling a story and communicating, um, like, much like both of you presenting and writing, I kind of like to use myself as the instrument. Um, and, uh, I, Started doing little bits of presenting in Singapore when I was younger. I then went to university in London, King's College London, got my degree in English literature. Uh, During the time that I was there, I was acting. So I've always been involved in all kinds of storytelling. And I just ended up being interested in talking to people that did did adventure-oriented things. I was going out of my way to interview mountaineers or extreme sports athletes just because I had an interest in it. And that was originally a blog that then developed into kind of the platform that I have online now. And from that, I was able to start working with like tourism boards, generating content for adventure companies. So that's kind of what I do in in content creation. And then last year, North Face approached me for sponsorship
0: that's huge and also i love how you say that with such ease but those are some major accomplishments under your belt already but just getting into this active outdoor lifestyle where did you grow up you grew up in singapore right yeah i did yeah okay so at what point i mean was it your family that you know your that kept you outdoors a lot or do you just have this you know inclination to go and be around nature like how did where is the root of that for you
2: it's interesting because m- most of the people that I interact with now in that sphere, in the outdoors adventure industry, they all grew up in places like Chamonix and, you know, in the Dolomites where they grew up in the mountains. And I grew up in the city in Singapore. So it's yeah. weird to Yeah. And back also back- here, yeah. it's like, what's our greatest hill? Like, was it, was it Timah Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Would you, like that? you like, yes, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was always interested in, in mountains and being outside because I well, actually, because I wanted to be a scientist when I was younger. So I was really into earth sciences and it, it, yeah, it, I think, well, I was mostly into diving when I was younger. We're really well placed for that in this region. So I was outdoors a lot of the time that way, um, but mountains were always intriguing to me. And, and the first chance that I got to start climbing, I took it when I was in university, when I was in my first year.
1: So what was your first climb?
2: uh out well i didn't mostly indoors i still do mostly indoors i was doing bouldering i started doing bouldering competitions inside so my university had a society the mountaineering society and then i started climbing more in switzerland um so in in the swiss alps and that's kind of where i've mostly done my climbs in europe so far i was ice climbing in the dolomites earlier last year for the first time that was pretty cool
1: i mean i don't really have i don't really have words (laughs) like like, I think I speak for Hanley as well like we we love the outdoors we're always out you know on hikes um we love going to you know going on sailing trips all of that but it's just it's it seems like a different league of adventure if that makes sense or like a different breed of adventure like for for myself anyway I'm petrified of heights so the idea of even just bouldering is like a oh yeah further oh yeah Marissa we went rock climbing in Spain together
0: (laughs) and she was climbing up the side of this mountain just she was literally Mm -hmm. chanting Lizzo to herself she was up
1: (laughs) because I was I mean when you're you know when you're clinging to a rock face thinking if I look down I'll be stuck and if I look up I'll be stuck so you're just thinking to yourself Who's going to get me through this? And at that point, the only thing that came up was I was like, Lizzo got me. Lizzo's going to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lizzo is always the
2: answer. I love Lizzo. Oh my gosh. I but love yeah, Lizzo. No. yeah, that's normal though. People still, I still feel that. I'm still scared of, slightly scared of heights. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day who's who's on the North Face athlete team, the, the American athlete team, and he's a professional climber. And he had posted a video of him doing a quite high boulder. And I was like, I don't know how you do that. I'd still be scared of falling down. He was like, oh yeah, I'm still scared of falling down. <laughs> you know, like even these people that have these illustrious long careers and they're really accomplished athletes, there's still fear there. Hmm. But it's interesting that you, you say that about kind of like the, the leagues, because it's as well, like the position that I have with North Face, not being in, in, in an athlete team, but in this Explorer team, I'm not a professional athlete and that's kind of the point What I want to represent for people is that it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So I couldn't care less what grades you climb or how often you hang Mm. on the side of a mountain or jump off a ledge if it's your first 5K or 10th ultra marathon. My intention of being involved in in that industry and putting out that content is not to say you should do this, but more to say, look how I'm doing this. You know, I, I have this thing that I always say, which is adventure is an attitude and you can apply that everywhere. Um, like the challenges you face outdoors are a brilliant metaphor for life. And there's like a lot you learn from being out there and those lessons you learn on the mountain, follow you home. They spill into your relationships, into the boardroom at the office, just into the way you make decisions. Just the journey from the base to the summit of the mountain is symbolic, right? Symbolic of perseverance and courage of overcoming. It teaches you humility. You know, John Muir, the American Naturalist and writers said, you don't conquer the mountain, you're simply permitted to stand on it. And it's all about doing these things with an attitude and a, a willingness to try things. My motto is actually something I adopted from this guy called John Burke, who very kindly let me interview him a couple of years ago after he summited Mount Everest. And what he said really stuck with me, which was that, you know, I'm willing to fail, but I'm not willing to not try and that really just is it for me. It's, it's all these things I do. I want people to know you don't have to be an expert to do them. You just need to be willing to try.
1: But was there ever a point before you started to learn these lessons for yourself that maybe you were uncertain and like how you came to adopt that mindset? Because I feel like for a lot of people, it's not a natural approach to have. A lot of people have anxieties and fears and like this, this, I may not, I may as well not try because I'm too afraid to fail. So how do you kind of grow into that mindset? How do you, you know, grapple it? Yeah.
2: For me, it's just, it was about reminding myself that everyone starts somewhere. And so that I put, I did put off climbing for a long time because I was scared of looking silly and in amongst everyone in the climbing gym who knew what they were doing and knew all the knots. And I didn't, I didn't want to do it for fear of looking stupid or just just the fear of it that holds people back but um it was just through luckily i had great friends who reiterated to me that everyone starts somewhere every athlete you see took their first step one day and you don't you don't get anywhere unless you unless you begin unless you take the first baby step and once you have momentum it is easier to keep going
0: yeah, I mean, we know this from experience as well, but even starting this podcast, that first step was so overthought, it was so procrastinated yeah. on, it was just pushed back and pushed back until the one
1: day, we were just like,
0: fuck it, let's start. Yeah, even to tomorrow. The point of
1: like, <laughs> yeah, even to the point of it being years, like, we had discussed, it was kind of like, oh, maybe we should do it. I guess no one in Singapore has been doing it. Maybe we could try, but then it just, it, it sort of sat on the back burner. And then even when we started recording, we had like a lull between when we actually pushed out the episode where we were like, is it good enough? Rather than thinking, if we put it out now, it can only go up. Yeah. Like yeah. laying that foundation yeah. is so critical. Yeah. yeah. Is it but then going back this- to this... But then going back to what you said about adventure being a mindset, it means that like you don't have to go outside and climb a mountain to feel adventurous, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in a time now where we're actually a bit more restrictive. So it's like, how can we find ways to be adventurous, you know, within the four walls of our home?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely the challenge now. I mean, I'm still in the process of figuring that out inside. I've been, uh, like the content I like to put out is, is anything that makes people laugh or is kind of funny or has a, a a witty edge. I once, I had a former agent tell me that my presenting style is high octane and slightly self-deprecating, which I think sums it up, which is kind of the content I enjoy putting out. So I've been trying to figure out how to do that from within the house. Um, But it's, you know, the creativity we've seen these past few weeks have, have been amazing. I've seen some really funny, great things people have been doing just from inside their house. People like climbing inside their house and, making funny videos so there's there's always the way
0: yeah i mean that's one of the um, silver linings that we can kind of focus on in this time is that at the end of it it's the creativity and our imagination which is going to bloom out of this i mean everyone all the artists big or small or even those who don't consider themselves artists at one point through these last few weeks or through month uh, or if it's going to be months will come there will have a moment where they're going to push themselves and that's all you can do. You can just express and create.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's, 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 do you, do you find that kind of your, your motivation does dwindle nowadays as well? Like, I feel like the longer the lockdown drags on, it's, it's more about finding new ways to do the same thing. Like I'm doing home workouts like you, but I'd, after I do the same one for like five days, in the same four walls. I'm like, I need to move to another room and try another exercise. (laughs) And yeah.
0: (laughs) One of the things that I've actually done um, to just create some, I guess, excitement in this space is I've created new corners. Like I've sort of moved some furniture around to create like a new space, you know? That's my way
2: of... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like
0: now I have another corner to do nothing in.
1: Great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or if you're like, For myself, I've generally, I've started to just set very small achievable goals because I'm like, I'm still working from home with the job that I had before all of this started. So it is, it's been more of a nine to five routine than I've ever experienced before because I generally get to dictate my own hours. And so that's actually been the biggest challenge. The fact that I reminded myself again, I absolutely hate desk work. Um, So then it'll just be like, try a new recipe. So I've got like five recipes in a backlog that I have yet to start. But, you know, I need willing participants to eat them (laughs) because it's a lot of So (laughs) I can
0: totally relate. I mean, I live alone and coming back to the banana bread thing. Yeah, guys, uh, making a loaf of banana bread when you live alone is dangerous territory. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've eaten like a loaf of banana bread. True confession.
1: Yeah, when I give you a healthified recipe, you're okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do
0: that. We're just gonna like, oh, it's healthy, but it was healthy.
1: Yeah, you know what? This is this is this is self care. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta just be nice to yourself. And I feel like this is a perfect example of it.
0: So, oh wait, Sophia, kind of going back to you. You are adventurous. You're outdoors a lot. Um, uh, let's go in a little bit more about how being indoors feels like for you right now.
2: I mean, I, I tend to be quite good at being in my own world because what I do is create. I mean, I create content. So it's, it's for creatives, there's a lot of time right now to make things and to think about, like I said, new ways of making things. So I've given myself a to-do list of like skills to learn videos I can make out of old footage I have. Luckily, I do like a lot of photography and videography. So I've got a backlog of stuff there already that I can work on. Um, so it's intellectually, it's, been okay because my mind is. I'm keeping my mind really stimulated, learning things, I'm trying to learn new languages as well. Like I'm stereotyping someone who's trying to be uber productive inside, but it's it's physically that I that this it's what that's where I struggle because I'm normally used to a higher stimulus physically, and I'm just not getting the same rush as I as I would from hanging off a cliff as I am sitting. You know, at my desk. So that's just been an adjustment, yeah. Hmm.
0: And I saw in your stories that you've been hanging out a lot with your mom, who seems hilarious, by the way.
2: <laughs> so your mom is Korean. You're half Korean. Yes, yeah, my mom's Korean. So I have this little series I do on Instagram, which was completely unintentional. It was born last year because I was visiting home, and I mean. We have an Asian parent that just makes comments at you all the time. I was just sitting at my desk trying to work and she was orbiting me every so often making comments. So I just set up my camera and I thought I would make a little fun compilation of all the times that she made a comment. I stitched it together, put it online. It was really popular. So every time I came back home after that, I tried to make one and I've turned it into a little series called Behind Every Great Adventurer is Their Mother, which just goes to show that kind of no matter what you do, where you go, what you achieve, no matter how high the mountain you scale, every time you come back home, you are just like your, your mom's little girl. She's, she's never going to not nag you. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And just to refine that, your Asian mom's little girl, which is yeah. a <laughs> yeah,
2: very Asian comment. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite one is when I was about to go on my expedition to Aconcagua and I was talking about it with her over Skype. And I made a little video out of that and all the comments she made, like, why do you want to do this? And um, it's not too late for the law conversion because she wanted me to do, do a law conversion after my literature degree. Um, you know, and all the constant reminders about sunblock and skincare. And it's just, it's so cliche. And when I put it online, I get so many comments from people saying, I, I hardcore relate to this. Like this is, I see my, my own like Asian mother in this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like Hanley and I definitely connect because each of us have our respective Asian mothers, <laughs> and like I actually, I actually watched that um, that content compilation of yours, and I heard my own mother's voice in place of yours, and I was like, wow, <laughs> it really is a universal thing because like your mother's Korean, my mother's Indonesian Singaporean, Hanley's mother is Peranakan Singaporean, and they're just—it's almost like there's like this universal grouping of them, and they all agreed on how they were going to approach their children because we all look <laughs> at her and we're like, I up you. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> how did- That's the comment I get the most. Like, is there, that people like, is there a script? I just, are they born with the same script? And then they just all, they all, they say the same things to us all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. But then it makes
1: me think if, and when we become mothers, like, do we also have a script? Like, when, when oh. do we get? lines. Oh, like, when do we find that out? I'm catching it already with myself, but in just really auntie
0: ways, like genuinely getting excited at the Tupperware section in Ikea. I'm like, oh my God, it's happening.
1: jars, <laughs> <This laughs> beautiful. Like, it's <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> or it's like when you get Deliveroo, and then you get all the containers of food and you just think, no, don't throw that away. Wash it, clean it. Oh yeah, it. yeah. Oh for sure. For oh sure.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. You're writers.
2: Already oh. there.
1: You just need the <laughs> child now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just missing the kid. <laughs> so I wanna go I wanna dig in a little into the other sorts of challenges you face because you're like you're a very young woman in what I presume is a pretty male-dominated space. Yeah. When it comes to out like outdoor adventures and sort of I it's an assumption, but I can only presume that you probably encounter a lot of people who might underestimate your ability. And even though maybe you're not a professional climber, you're still, you know, obviously good enough and qualified to be there. So like how do you how do you Demonstrate or just shut those people down so that you can you know you can thrive.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's sort of two parts to that to that question I mean the it, outdoors adventure is a very male dominated space, and there are plenty of women out there. It's just about getting their faces shown more, and that's something that I'm really passionate about um, and Something I often encounter being a woman in this space is the need of other people to put me in a box. And I think I, yeah, I spoke to Hanley about this briefly before, but people I find tend to put other people in categories, especially women, you know, you're the smart one or the athletic one or the sexy one, but you can never be all at the same time. God, no. People find that dichotomy terribly confusing. But when we look at people like that, we diminish them. And it happens all the time with famous women or public figures who are often typecast as one thing. If she's pretty, she's got no brain. If she does, then she's butch. If she's an athlete, she probably doesn't get dressed up on the weekend. And that's something I've been fighting against my whole life. And I continue to in in that industry. Um, I love many things. An example that I often use is I love getting dressed up. I love pretty dresses. I don't spend a great deal of my time in them because my my leisure is being outside with functional clothing and equipment. But the few times that I do get to treat myself to getting dressed up and I post a picture of me in a short dress, there is always at least one comment or one message, usually from, from a woman expressing disapproval. Is saying that I lack class for the dress that I'm wearing, or that it's contrary to my image, um, that is problematic in many ways. First of all, there are enough challenges enough. You know, there are challenges enough as it is being a woman out here without someone else trying to bring me down. And I always find that bizarre. Yeah. And then, secondly, you know, what do you mean by my image? I'm not a two-dimensional character. Why should me posting a picture of myself in a in a short dress delegitimize my accomplishments? Why can we not view women as confident and intelligent, athletic all in one go? Why do I have to just be one when I can do, those, do all those things? You know, only 10% of people attempting high altitude peaks are female. For example, I did that. I also want to go out and wear my short dress. So we need, first <laughs> of all, like more appreciation for the fact that everyone is multifaceted. People always want to label you some way because it's easier for them to do that. And then they get confused when you keep defying the limits they impose on you. But you can't apologize for that, you know, you have to be the the, the contrast that you are that makes you you and own every facet of who you are. Um, and yeah, you're right. Every time I go to events in this industry, I find myself being one of the only women there. I'm also 10 years younger than everyone else. So it is about having to try and convince people that it, you know, my being a girl and being young, it's, it doesn't hold me back at all. If, if anything, it's, it's, um, maybe perhaps more impressive.
1: I mean, it, it does blow my mind that in this day and age, you know, we'll say, I feel like as women, we look at men and think, Oh my God, you know, he's kind, he's professional, he's ambitious, he's athletic, he's the full package. And then when you see a woman with perhaps all the same qualities we're like impossible she can't be all that like it, it doesn't it doesn't compute because like you said every single woman that I mean that I've ever encountered is extremely multi-dimensional but it's so strange that we treat them I feel like especially on social media platforms as like those qualities are all mutually exclusive yeah yeah you you can't be sexy as well as outdoorsy and like willing to get in the dirt and you know I don't know pee outside like yeah it, it, <laughs> It's just so strange that we're still battling that. This idea of this uh,
0: independent woman—it's like she can't be all that and also be a kind person. You know, it's like,
1: yeah, like where is she a bitch? Where? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she must have daddy issues. There's something that has to be wrong with her that we that the society still practices. And yeah, it's it's no more.
1: Yeah, and frankly, it's annoying that you can climb all the way to the top of a mountain. And then you face that at the top, like, fuck that. Yes,
2: yeah, exactly. I didn't, I didn't go all the way out there to face that. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. Yeah. and also yeah. what you said earlier, it's most of these
0: things come from other women as well. And that's that for me, that breaks my heart, you know, because we as women have already gone through so much shit through the years. You guys like why in this generation with the amount of pressures, the new kind of stresses in every direction that is being added on? Are we still like allowing this mindset from our sisters to bring each other down? Like I, I can't, it breaks my heart. Yeah, that,
2: see, that, that's always what I find most confusing as well. So I get, do I, I do get asked often about like being in the male space, male space. But, it, it, and it's sad that I do find the criticism that I, that I get out from, from other women, you know, it is hard enough as it is, we need to really lift each other up. And everyone always says it, but it's so true. It's so true.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Now, one thing that I said, okay, so, and you guys can, you know, add your opinion on this, but one thing I once said to a male friend of mine is that when I think about the term alpha, for me at least, I instantly think of my female friends. Because in my idea of what alpha is now, these are where my ladies come in. That multifaceted, um, nurturing, they have a leadership, they're humble you know they have a career they do yoga on the side they are hydrated and they still raise a family like this if this is what alpha if the definition of alpha is to lead my idea is now women because with everything going on we've can i say it we've overtaken is that allowed
1: yeah i mean <laughs> i mean <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: like, Sophia, you go ahead and what's your perspective on it? Oh, on, on that? Oh, sorry. I was waiting for the question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I always think alpha female as well. I mean, I love that phrase. I love to, I love to think of myself as alpha. So I'd always give that first, first to my female friends as well. It's really important who you surround yourself with. It's true. And I have such admirable friends. It's really great when you're really inspired by your friends. You know, when you look at the women around you and you're like, you're so cool. Like I really want to be like you. You're aspirational. You're awesome. And um, yeah, I I, I definitely feel that alpha energy, at least from, from my
1: friend group. I mean, I feel I, I would tend to agree, not that obviously not that I haven't got guy friends that I would also give the alpha stamp to, but it's more just that you Growing up and like surrounding yourself with really strong women makes you realize how much each of them are carrying. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier, how how multifaceted they are. So how much you actually have to juggle. And then you just think, how can you do all this, still not get like receive the same level of recognition as so many others? And yet you just, see, you keep on going because you're doing it for your own sake. You're not doing it for like this badge of honor. You're not doing it for the kudos. You're doing it just because that's your life. And that's what you wanted to do for yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And uh, I remember, uh, I think it was March March 8th, was it? It was International Women's Day. And uh, we had North Face bring together all their female ambassadors for a photo shoot. And, uh, and uh, they had a really great image that they used to promote, which was, Two women um, dancing on the top of a, a big rock face that they wouldn't have been allowed to climb at the time, and they obviously had done, and they'd gone up there in their really long skirts, you know, because they couldn't show their ankles or whatever. And they were dancing on the top of it, and uh, that I really like that. That 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 you know what you just said reminded me of that because it's about what the people before us have carried as well, you know, carrying on that baton and making sure that. Every day not just like international women's day is another day to think about how we can amplify all the voices that exist within womenhood um, and you know make sure that we're still making progress as a as a I feel like there's a what's the word I'm looking for? You know, people think, Oh, you've got it. You know, you've got enough now you hear it all the all the time from like, you know, misogynistic men on forums online, you know, you've, you've got enough now. It's, it's whatever it's no, there's still, there's still so much more to do. How can you think that, you know, there's still, unfortunately there is, you know, misogyny in, ingrained in the subconscious of many people. I mean, from my perspective as well, maybe from yours too, because, you know, you're a writer, I did my degree in literature, so language is really important to me. And I look at kind of the language people use, the phrases people use. I've still had people say to me, and these are friends of mine who don't really know what uh, is, you know, they don't understand the connotations of what they're saying, but they'll say like, oh, man up or don't be a pussy. It's always, don't be a pussy, man up. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. Those things that uh, are giving us that subliminal messaging, we still use phrases like that. And they still feed into stereotypes and tropes.
1: I know, 100% agree. I, I just, you're right. Like as a writer, you start to pay a lot more attention to what words you choose and how much weight they actually carry. Like what are the actual inferences? So, I mean, like I, I love, I, for example, I, like, I love my father to death. He has come so far in terms of paying more attention to the language he would use, because he would say the same stuff of like, oh, you can throw as good as the boys, or like you can do sport as well as the boys, or even at one point, don't do it so well that the boys get intimidated. And I used to just sit there and be like, why can't I do that? Like, why am I not allowed to play to the best of my ability? And it was that sort of like little bit of like those messages of, you're going to you know you're going to impress the boys or you're one of the boys i was like why can't i just be a really talented girl in this field like what's wrong with that why do i have to diminish my qualification just because i'm only surrounded by women playing this sport it was dumb so it's <sighs> the thing is that it's very difficult when you explain to someone at least in conversation like that phrase is for lack of a better term problematic because you don't understand the connotations it carries because everyone says, "Oh, you're being too PC. Let it go. It's just a passing phrase. You know what?" But the thing is, unless we actually start to tackle it from the ground up, it's never going to disappear, and we're never really going to embody female strength in our lexicon un- unless we just start today.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It was a friend of mine that I was um, uh, uh, abseiling with the other day. A guy who who was saying like, "Oh, you just got it. You're gonna you man up." And I was like, "Look, you can't." Please don't say that all the time. You say it a lot, and it's just—I know that you don't mean it—in in the way that you're, you know, to you, when I when when I point out something that's problematic, that they're like, "Oh, but that's not what I was saying. Like, I didn't, I didn't mean that." I'm like, "Yeah, but you have to understand the society that we live in, and we the the constructs we abide by are built on things like language, like the way we speak about things, frames the world around us. And it, what you were saying as well is also a real testament to the fact that it. What we say to young people and what you say to people in their formative years is really important. Something I'm really passionate about is uh, education, especially for young people, um, because I, I know how, imp- you know, the things that happen to you into your, into, in your formative years you carry around with you in your adult life as well. So it's really important the way we talk to young people. And the way we teach them to talk about others, because that completely shapes the way they see themselves, the ex- expectations they set for themselves, and uh, and, and the world. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, something that I said to a friend of mine the other day is, "Well, first of all, one thing that I at least hope and recognize is that the younger generation are a lot more woke, and things are evolving. And these conversations, even just having it now, whoever's listening in, these will, you know, people will have their minds stimulated by it." And what we're preaching will, you know, come to light more. But uh, unfortunately, these conversations are only being had, at least for, you know, us um, in this point in our life. So we are still in a way, just by our timeline, we are still victims of this sort of language from our childhood. So that's something that, you know, I hope that with this podcast, we can just spread the word off more to create more change. And what
1: I will say... I feel like using this sort of channel to start that conversation at least earlier is great. But one thing I will admit is that if I look back on my time as a teenager, a lot of this sort of language, that that conversation was there, but because you're at a point in your life where social approval is everything, you sort of deafen yourself to it. So I still remember distinctly in English class, uh, we were reading Antigone and I remember defending her because all the class criticisms was this is a woman who's looking for attention. She's not really out to you know honor her brother's part like honor her brother's death. She's only doing it to draw attention to herself. And I remember thinking like, why would she do that? You know, she's in anguish. She's mourning, and she just wants justice. And yet, all we're focused on is the fact that she is an attention seeker. So then, so then I I distinctly remember this. Uh, I got called the feminist. And if you had said that to me today, I would have been like, fuck, yeah, absolutely. I'm the feminist. But back then I was like, no, 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 no. Don't label me with this like bra burning this, you know, this, this horrible, like butch woman. And it was just, I look back and it kind of makes me sad, you know, like that opportunity was there, but you're not in the mindset yet where you're, you sort of recognize it.
0: Yeah. Well, also the fact that we were very much around when the term feminism had to be explained that, no, it's not a bar bra burning culture. We're not men hating <laughs> like, the fact that we still had to have that conversation to someone. It's just, we're definitely not at that point where we can let this agenda go. It's still very much on our forefronts, you know? Yeah. You gotta keep fighting
1: the good fight.
2: That's yeah. right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mar- okay, so you just gave me a, like hardcore flashbacks to classics classes when I was like 15. <laughs> when you were at Antigone, I was like, Antigone? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe we should go reread oh, that. Let's my,
2: revisit no, that. I, literally for a second, I was like, Antigone, what's she talking about? Then I remembered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so Sophia, what's um uh, what's your plan for the near future? Now that we're kind of in this situation, locked in, are you planning any future hikes?
2: Can you plan any future treks, hikes, well, right you, now? You can plan and you can hope. Um, I mean, I had lots of small travels and things like that, work related, planned. I was going to go to Switzerland again in June and present some stuff there for the whole month. Um, and obviously all of that now is canceled. And so for me, kind of my work relies on travel a lot. So the uncertainty of the present situation is, is what gets me down the most. Cause I don't know when closures will end. When will flights start taking off again? When are people going to start, you know, when, when will productions resume, when will, networks start pitching new shows and things like that i don't i don't know so i mean yeah of course you understand this like it feels like everything is on pause for a moment um but i was hoping that i'd do another expedition this year uh to amadablam in october um amadablam is a highly technical mountain in the himalayas and i really really want to do it because it's because you know it's it's famous in alpine circles for being so technically difficult Um, it's every alpinist's dream to do it. It's technically supposed to be more difficult than Mount Everest. Um, it's also one of the most beautiful mountains and I don't really know how young the youngest woman to have done it is. So I did make an inquiry into the Guinness world records just in case I could nab myself a record along the way. Um, I know that a woman who's 23 has done it. So I'm 22 um, I don't know if anyone younger has because it's very technical. So I, I was hoping that would happen, but I'm not sure now. Um, in terms of like my career, I'm in a really interesting place in my life because I just got you know an acting agent and stuff as well. So I'm now making headway um, in in Europe. So I grew up here, and then I kind of went to Europe, but I split my time between here and there because my family is here. Um, But my sort of entertainment career is more based in Europe and in the Western market. And so I really just want to do anything where I'm able to keep telling stories and, uh, you know, again, communicating, stuff like that. I think my ultimate goal, though, is to one day host documentaries because I'd like to To there there are lots of topics I'm passionate about. And I think if you have the ability to speak and to share things with people you may as well use that platform you know if you have a platform I feel you have some kind of moral responsibility to to take up a cause or to give voice to the voiceless or explore something that can have an impact on someone so I'd like to do that that's, that's where you know, I'm hoping my credit would go yeah
0: yeah um uh, first of all you have you can definitely host documentaries you have the voice for documentaries Marissa don't you just hear this like <laughs> oh yeah it's so informative. <laughs> Everything she says, I'm like, yes, yes. Take it. You listen to this, <laughs> you guys. You got this.
1: I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of plans. Like, yeah. it's just all you need is, it's almost like a horse race. Like the moment the gates open, you're just out the door. Like you're out the door and you're going to start sprinting. Um, but then I, I'm still curious because like you have, you you know, you want, you're acting, climbing mountains. You're like, you're traveling absolutely everywhere posting different things. You said before, everything makes you nervous, but you tried anyway, but is there anything that just generally like makes you nervous to a degree that you sort of pause and you're not sure if you want to try it? Like what freaks you out? I mean, plenty
2: of things freak me out. I'm not necessarily nervous before everything that I, I do. I mean, I'm very comfortable in, in a lot of the outdoors things, but, um, I guess the most recent example I can think of is acting. I've been doing like acting classes and stuff since I was younger, but I only recently just, you know, got the age and started doing castings for TV and things like that. And, um, it's strange, isn't it? Because like, I, I love speaking. I was a competitive debater throughout high school. So I like to speak to audiences and I'm very good at being me, but, weirdly, you know, and that's something that a lot of my friends who are actors find difficult is then stepping back into their own shoes and, you know, having to do like a press conference or or speak to people as themselves, they're much better kind of, uh, you know, becoming other people. Whereas for me, it was becoming other people, which I find kind of intimidating. And and it was vulnerable for me in a different way. You know, you really took us to be able to assume someone else's character and to portray someone else's experience. Uh, you do have to get very, very vulnerable and and empathetic with with this character. And uh, yeah, and just to get in front of an audience and and act is, that's kind of the scariest thing I've started doing recently, to be honest. I didn't expect that at all. It's always the things you never expect that end up kind of being the ones that challenge you the most.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that because I act as well. And as a host, having to Having the experience with both roles, it's hard. And I talked to my other host friends as well, who are also actors, and you're totally right. It's almost like when you're hosting, you're being yourself, but with a certain degree of control because you're still controlling the conversation, you're controlling the environment. Um, and that's your role. But when you're acting, you have to let go of that control. So it's really just finding that balance of, like you said, vulnerability and also allowing yourself to go there within, you know, your personal space and allowing yourself to really realize who you are when you're angry. It's um it is scary. It is scary. What about you,
1: Marissa? What makes you nervous? I mean, I think we mentioned it briefly before, heights are a big one. Oh yeah. (laughs) I brick it every time. (laughs) And also, I mean for me, like I was always I was always the the like the kid that had her nose in the books or was out like doing solo sport. So for me, it was always something as simple as going to a big party and not knowing anyone. For me, that's a massive challenge. Like I always, I, I have my comfort zone is hanging, having like one or two anchor friends. It's something as mundane as going out on a Friday night. That's my like, my mini Everest where I'm like, if you can get out and have a good time and not panic, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, for sure. That's a tick in a box for me. That's so fair. Yeah. Yeah, and like and you know stuff like this like just going out and starting new ventures that, you know, you sort of sat on and you'd love to do but you never found the balls to Oh, there's there's another phrase. Oh, Find the balls. Yeah. No. <laughs> Scratch that one. But yeah, just getting the getting get getting the courage to put yourself out there and not necessarily worry about what people are thinking, especially when you're at your early stages because I feel like everyone's going to judge you at least a little bit, but so long as you can kind of shuck it off your shoulder, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To For not- me right now, what
0: makes me nervous is just uncertainty. Yeah. It's just really this current state and up and down and how that fluctuates. Again, like, when are we going to travel again? My family is overseas. When am I going to see them again? Um, so I think, yeah, on a larger scale of the nerves, this current situation, guys, this pandemic is so weird. What's
1: going on? anxiety. <laughs> like.
2: <laughs> it's a, it's a really crazy. Yeah, you're right. It's the uncertainty of the whole thing that just drives me crazy. So I don't know how long it's going to go on for, and there's you know this misinformation, and you hear people saying it could be till the end of this year, and I'm like, oh my god, what if it goes on till the end of the year? And I, I feel like it's a really it's a very hectic time for people to be inside. I mean, I'm. A classic overthinker as it is. I, my mind goes a million miles per hours normally. And that's why I, that's one of my theories as to why I feel like I require such a high level of stimulus in my life in terms of just uh, stuff I do physically or like uh, intellectually. It's because I think so much, I need things that take my mind off, off, off my mind, you know, but spending all this time indoors. I was saying yesterday, I had a really weird day yesterday where I was thinking about literally everything that I could think about uh, the whole day. And I was saying to my friend, I was like, I've really thought myself into a mind hole. And now I don't know what <laughs> as, as a result of, you know, I'm like, is this feeling real? Or do I just have enough time now that I've just thought about it way too much? And maybe I shouldn't make any rash decisions. And all my friends are like, don't make rash decisions in lockdown because you're just thinking way too much.
1: Yeah, next yeah. thing you know, you shaved your head or you cut your own bangs and then yeah. there's a whole other problem. Yeah, your, your mind is your own worst. enemy. my mind is my own worst. That's why I just got <laughs> but I mean, like, welcome, welcome to our community. Oh, We're yeah. all notorious overthinkers. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Guys, I've stared at this one uh, wall it's, in it's, my apartment just like, do I paint you? Like, I've also gotten to that point of just brain going crazy. <laughs> Um uh, Marissa what was your your topic and also just for the sensitivity of time and Sophia we really 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 appreciate you coming on and sharing with us your story and sharing with us what you're all about but I guess for a final roundup sentence um uh, from you and this is for our listeners out there but is there any advice or kind words that you'd like to depart on them
2: Yeah um you know I I'm just being me in the content that you see of me and you know I like I like to make things fun or funny see the joke in a situation and there's a time and a place to be serious within that but ultimately I just want to show that I am a regular person who is simply willing to pursue so as I say you know you don't have to be an expert in any of the things that I do to do them uh, you just need to be willing to try as per John Burke be willing to fail don't be willing to not try Awesome. Well, where can people find you? Like, where are you available? What's your Instagram? Um, My Instagram is at S O F J I N underscore. So it's like Sophia Jin collapsed together.
0: Cool. All right. Um, Marissa, any final questions for Sophia before we say goodbye?
1: I was just going to say, after all this ends, we should actually all meet for real in real life
2: yes we we should oh god i can't wait
1: we'll go we'll go lift and we'll go have a coffee and then we'll all be (laughs) oh my god just social media people. yes please enough with these zoom parties like i want to meet people again i know i want a hug (laughs) just want human contact let's be honest (laughs)
0: all right well Sophia once again thanks so much for taking time to talk to us and uh yes we will see you in the real life
1: when we do Oh,
2: in 3d I'll see you there guys okay (laughs) Bye. bye
1: oh she was as cool as I thought I kind of I find it really inspiring that like someone who's come to all of these realizations at 22 years of age and yeah okay we might be a few years older but it shows that like you know we can, you start whenever. And I feel like in terms of mindset, we're already there. It's just, we got to get out and climb ourselves some mountains and, you know, have a good time. 2021 Marissa, let's climb a mountain. Oh yeah. I will have Lizzo full blast in my headphones, climbing up the scariest raw faces, still probably crying, but I will get to the top.
0: We'll visualize it girl. We'll get there. We'll get there.
1: Manifest.
0: Um, uh, so for our listeners, thanks so much guys for tuning in for this episode for this Corona series, we will be pumping out two episodes per week. Um, uh, this time we'll be doing it on Sunday and Wednesday.
1: Yeah. And of course you can follow us on Instagram so you can get all the information of what's coming up as well as take part in our little cheeky giveaways, which I mean, let's be honest, like it's fun. Um, and you—that's just at just so we clear on Instagram, and then of course, just look us up on Spotify, look us up on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts—we're there and everywhere. Just tune in, tune in, give us a like, give us a follow, and
0: uh, we'll hang out with you guys soon. Bye. Bye.